Good morning. Happy New Year. Welcome to the Vineyard Church of Baton Rouge. I want to welcome you if you're new with us. If you're one of our community, I want to welcome you as well. I'm glad we're all here worshiping together. Um, so before we uh, before we dive in, um, first, uh, I'm Jeremy Pleasant. I'm the senior pastor here. If you're just checking us out, um, I want to talk a little bit about um, as we as we launch into 2021, um, looking at um, our church. And, and, and what God is, is doing in, in each of us and in our community and, and what he's calling us into. Um, I've been reflecting recently on, on, on our church and, and some of the things I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mention right now are things that we both are and are becoming. And so um, it, it doesn't, it's, it's not like something that we're, we're not and we need to fix or anything like that. It's a matter of this is who we are, but this is also who, are we, who are, we are becoming and need to become um, more of in this next year. You know, I, I think of the Vineyard Church and what is um, our, our place here in, in Baton Rouge. Um, you know, I, I think first it's, it's as a sanctuary. It's as a place of refuge. It's, it's a place of protection, a place of peace, a place of wholeness, a place of calm for, uh, for all those who need it, you know, a, a place where, where people can come and just rest in the arms of Jesus. I also see it as a place that facilitates an encounter with the, 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 the radical God, with the radical love of God, with, with the, the radical heart of Jesus. I, I see this as, as a place where uh, me and you and, and, and our friends and, and everyone in our community can, can, can encounter this, this real life uh, Jesus and experiencing this transforming power. Right. So to 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 experience this, this power that doesn't just leave us the way we are, but because of his love transforms us more into the image of Christ. That when we can look back a year ago, five years ago, we can see how Jesus has matured us. We can see how he has changed our lives. He, we can see how he has freed us from, from the different bondages that, that we have in our, in our lives, from the different chains, from the different enslavements that, that, that he frees us from, that, 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 that he changes, that we can look back and say, I am a different person. I see also our church as a lighthouse, as a place where those who are in need can come and be, be served by the church. That when we say the hands and feet of Jesus, we actually demonstrate that with the love of God, with the love of God, with no other end but that, right? Like it's, it's, it's not um, doing it so that we can, so that we can get this, but, but just being a lighthouse, that bad ruse that that our city would know that when there is a need in our city, they know who to call, that 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 they will come here and that we will continue to be and be more of this lighthouse for for our city, for Baton Rouge and and for the work we do um, here and, and, and beyond here um, and, and other places throughout the world. And so uh, I just share that with you at the, as, as we look at the beginning of this year and we look at, you know, what is 2021 going to have for us? Um, but also, um, uh, what are we going to have for, for 2021? And so, um, you know, we, 
for the last year, I, I started, uh, we started this series called Stories of Renewal. And, and what it is, it's not, it's not like a series where we do five, six, eight weeks in a row. It's something we come back to over and over again. It's, it's, it's these stories of scripture that, that, that remind us of the kingdom story, of the larger narrative of God and how he comes and redeems and restores and, and, and sets right all the things that have been broken and, and fallen um, but but also uh, that these stories would uh, would penetrate our hearts so that we can then attach ourselves to God's story. And so today uh, let's, we're going to start in Luke 19, 1 through 10, and we're going to look at the story of Zacchaeus, a very familiar story, um, but a story I want to unpack a little bit more today. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter. He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him today, salvation has come to this house because this man, too, is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save the lost. So I want to look at this story, this, this one story from three different perspectives and look at how we actually find ourselves in each of these perspectives and, and how God is leading us today. And so the three perspectives are, are one, we're going to look at it from the obvious perspective of Zacchaeus. Uh, we're going to look at it from the perspective of, of Jesus, but we're also going to look at it from the perspective of the crowd. And so first, let's let's start with 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 uh, the perspective of, of Zacchaeus. Here we have this person who is uh, most likely corrupt, who has stolen from his own people. Uh, he wasn't just a tax collector. He was a chief tax collector, which means he had a bunch of tax collectors working for him and he made a lot of money off the backs of his fellow uh, countrymen. And he obviously he knows about Jesus. He hears about Jesus and, and he's searching for him. There's something in his heart that is like, I need more of what this person is teaching. I need more of what's happening. There's something in me that needs to change. And so it's interesting because when he climbs that tree, Jesus says Zacchaeus. And so the first thing we, we, we can look at is that there were no introductions before this. Jesus wasn't teaching. They didn't all stand up and share their names. Zacchaeus was trying to catch Jesus as he was walking, passing through, which is a common area that they were in in Jericho. It was a crowded area that he was passing through, and Zacchaeus wanted to catch him, and Jesus caught him first. <laughs> and he called him by name. He knew who he was. He said, Zacchaeus, come down here. When we find ourselves ready and wanting for a change in ourselves and we begin to search out for Jesus, we often find ourselves 
looking at Jesus as he's already looking at us. Saying our name. Saying, hey, I want to be with you right now. And so we have this moment where they share a meal together. They're breaking bread. And we don't know all the things that happen in, in, this, in this meal that they had. What we do know is that Zacchaeus and Jesus spent time together. And out of that time, out of that relationship, as quick as it was, Zacchaeus found transformation. He said, I am going to give back everything I have taken that I shouldn't have taken. Matter of fact, four times the amount. Now, that, that number four times is really, is, is really interesting that, that Luke you know, uh, notes that here because the Jewish law didn't require, required if you stole something to pay it back and you pay back a little bit more of what you stole. But actually, it wasn't four times more. But Zacchaeus, out of this burst of this experience with Jesus, says, I'm going to pay back four times as much. And Jesus says, salvation has come to this house today. Now, it's really important. Zacchaeus wasn't saved because he gave back everything he stole. The, the salvation happened and out of that. He just he needed to, to be generous. He needed to give back. He wanted to, to make restitution because of the love he experienced from Jesus. And so we have this hope of transformation in our own lives. You know, often we look at the story of Zacchaeus and, and, and we think of either ourselves when, you know, as, as you know, our, our initial entry into faith or someone we know who, who had a rough past, who, who changed their life and converted. But what we often fail to see is that actually I am Zacchaeus even now. I am still in need of Jesus. I am still in need of this hope of transformation. I need to continue on this salvation journey because salvation just isn't this one time thing. It is this thing that is ongoing. As Paul says, we are saved, we have been saved, and we are being saved. And so, as we look at the story of Zacchaeus, we can find ourselves in his shoes. No matter how long we've been a Christian, searching for Jesus, seeing something in ourselves that said, I want to change here, I, I want new life here, I want renewal here. And as we respond to that prompting in our hearts, Jesus is standing there saying, hey, all right, let's go. Because, and, and, and it's in that moment that as we spend time with him, right, as we have that relationship with him ongoing, that continuing thing, we, we experience more and more of that transformation. Now, I want to look at it from the point of view of the crowd, so here's this crowd. You know, as I said, Jesus was passing through Jericho and, and everywhere he went, basically, there was a crowd following him. They they were enamored by him, as 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 we can imagine. They uh, but also often many of them were, were um, you know, waiting for him to slip up, which never happened, obviously. And so we have this crowd here that is knows Zacchaeus very well. He is the chief tax collector, obviously. They know him. They don't like him. And so they see Jesus saying, I'm going to have dinner at his house. And they're critical of Jesus for doing this. They're, they're, they're critical of him for having a meal with a sinner. 
They're also very critical of Zacchaeus um, because he has robbed and stolen and because, you know, he has been this corrupt individual. And so they're just critical all around. Have you ever felt like you've been in a place where just everyone around you is just critical of you all the time? It's, it's not a fun place to be. And yet, I would ask us, who are we in this crowd? Who am I in this crowd? We can look at them and say, shame on you for being so critical of Jesus and so critical of Zacchaeus. But I think it's pride that says we wouldn't have done the same thing and that we don't do the same things. That we don't find ourselves critical of others because they don't measure up to some standard we have in our mind or because they're not what we expected or because their expression of faith is different than ours. And so we want to be critical of it. And so who am I in this crowd? Who are you in this crowd? And how is God leading us to be different? Because criticism doesn't actually change anything. It might make us feel better, right? But it doesn't actually change anything. And, if, and, and the most thing, the, the, the biggest thing it does do is that it damages and harms, right? It creates destruction, And so as we look at this story from the point of view of the crowd, I would invite us to look at our own hearts where we find ourselves being critical of others for for whatever it is, whether whether we we see them as as a sinner or whether we see their their expression of faith as, as different than ours, that we would pull back from that, that we would have a change of heart there. And, and, you know, what's interesting, interesting to me is that is this is this use of the word sinner? Oh, he's he's a sinner, and I think we find ourselves often doing the same thing. We're like, we we like to label someone as this one thing, as if that is all they are, and and nothing else. I, I remember someone once said, "Well, if you if you lie, you're a liar. That's that's who you are." <clears throat> and I have a problem with that because we're not just one thing. And we're certainly not this one thing that can't be redeemed. If that's all Jesus saw of us, man, it would be hard. And I think that we can set the standard in our communities, in our families, in our culture of not falling into that trap of just being critical of someone and, 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 and not being labeling someone as this one thing, putting them in this box and dismissing them. That is not who we are, that's not who we are and that's not who we're called to be. And so I would invite us myself too. I'm in this with you. I'm not like shouting at you from, from a mountaintop because I figured out, no, I'm included in this too, that we will see the areas of, 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 of criticism that we have of others and that, that we would actually look internally and see how God, how God would ask us to respond instead. So lastly, I want to look at it from Jesus's point of view. Um, there's a show I, 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 I watched and I, called Community. It's, it's a sitcom. Uh, it, it, it was hilarious. And there's this one woman in this sitcom. 
I can't remember her name right now. I wish I would have watched it before, before this so I could share it with you. Uh, but she was, she was a Christian woman. There's this group in, in this community college, and they were a study group together, and they were friends. And one of them was this, you know, traditional uh, Christian woman. Uh, and then there was this younger uh, Jewish woman. And they, they were friends. But, but the Christian woman was always trying to get uh, the Jewish woman, like, Trying to, trying to like sneak her in, in into faith. And so she would like say these prayers to try to get her to confess Jesus. And, and she would do all these things to try to like get her in. And I found it hilarious, um, but also a, a little bit sad. <laughs> um, and, and this is why we can be so focused uh, when, when we think of the word salvation of like this one point of like entry into the kingdom, someone says this prayer, someone accepts Jesus, um, that we miss so much of actually how God and how Jesus would, would um, encourage us to relate to people. Um, so, you know, the thing is, <clears throat> people finding Christ happens in a lot of different ways. And when we, when we allow ourselves to actually be invested in people and to have a relationship with them, for them, and not just so we can get them to become saved, we find that we actually have much more um, success, for lack of a better word, and seeing people uh, come into the family of Christ. You know, Jesus here, and, and, and we're going to talk about this uh, a few times this year. We're going to come back to many stories like this where Jesus, how, how Jesus shared the gospel was actually very different than how we share it today. And what I want to uh, actually begin to do is, is help bring us back to the way that Jesus did it, um, especially in, in our current culture. And so Jesus here showed interest in Zacchaeus. He, he developed a relationship with them as quick, as quick as it was, but to have a meal with someone was a big deal. It was, it was a show of, of, of interest, of relationship. And one thing we have to remember is that, uh, as I said before, salvation isn't this one-time thing. It's this ongoing thing. And so I wanted to talk about what it looks like to have a relational gospel, and so the way Jesus presented the gospel, like I said, was very different. First, he talked about the kingdom, right? And, and he talked about the kingdom of God and what that means and, and how we, we engage with it. But he also spoke to the very practical needs of people. And as he did that, people began following him. Yes, he talked about the kingdom and he talked about the large story of God and, and theology and all these things. But he mostly talked about with those on the outside about practical needs. He talked about money. He talked about serving others. He talked about forgiveness. He talked about hope. And so very, very practical things that he shared with, with people as he presented the gospel, which obviously is himself, but, but as he presented the gospel, this is, this is what he did. Now, in our culture, or we, we kind of have this, uh, we have a kind of a traditional gospel presentation that revolves around atonement. And so, and in this presentation of the gospel, you know, it's about uh, the death and resurrection of Jesus. Jesus died for your sins and he was resurrected so that we could be made whole. 
and and that we could be in, in, in the family of Jesus and and all those things. Right. So so we talk about atonement. Um, now, let me, let me be very clear. Atonement is absolutely true. It is central to our faith, but it is not the complete. The, the, it is not complete. Right. It's not the whole version of our faith. It's actually not the whole story. It's central, but there are many parts to the story. And so, so much of what we think about and what we share with others, especially with non-Christians, revolves around atonement. And if you just drive down I-10 for however long you want to drive, you will see billboards of people who are, who are evangelizing in a way that actually speaks to this and actually speaks to uh, kind of what I see as our culture. If you want to be free of your sin, you have to ex- accept Jesus who died for you and 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 you will experience that freedom and that hope. Now, again, none of those things are false. And I'm not saying that that's a bad way to talk to someone, but it's also not necessarily the best practice for where we are now. We are in a different world. We are in a different environment. And what I think is important that we look back, okay, how did Jesus actually relate to people and how did he share the gospel with people? And that will help us. It's also really important to understand when Jesus talked about atonement, right? When he talked about his death, when he talked about his resurrection and ascension, we talked about these very hard things. He actually didn't do that with the masses. He rarely did that with the masses. He mostly talked about that with his inner circle. And even then, they had a hard time with understanding it. They had a hard time of grasping it. And so if we think about that, if, if, if we look at that from that perspective, as we look at scripture, it, it should help us to see that maybe this conversation with others shouldn't start with atonement. Maybe if, 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 if even the disciples, if even Jesus inner circle had trouble with it, had trouble grasping it, had trouble accepting it, maybe that's not our starting point, but our starting point is going to be where people are. So it's really important to understand our culture, right? And so while in our part of the country, it's, it's probably still predominantly uh, Christian, you know, our, our, our world is growing more, our country and, and our area is growing more secular, and so we have to understand that the options for people aren't Christian or, or, or not Christian. There's actually a, a lot of options for people. Uh, we, we live in a pluralistic society. And, and so people can, can choose from a lot of different things. They have a lot of different experiences and a lot of different faiths to, uh, to reckon with. And so um, our, our under, you know, as we think about like uh, atonement and death and resurrection and, and, and sin, all these things, a lot of that language is hard for people to, to, to grasp. And that's, that's on us, on how we present it, not, not on them. And so if, if we can understand our culture and, and often the barriers that Christianity has set up, and, and I would say we set up many of those barriers, we have to think about how do we break down those barriers? How do we become culturally relevant to those people without forsaking our beliefs or forsaking the, the gospel? But like I said, expanding it to the full story and we can just listen and love. We listen to people listening to what they're experiencing, listen to what, what's happening, having that genuine interest in them and just love them, speaking to their needs as Jesus did. I'm going to give a quick example of, 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 um, of a spiritual conversation. That's what we're calling these things. Just spiritual conversations with folks. I was talking with a friend about um, uh, meditation. 
he was talking through the lens of, of his sobriety and, and, has, and through his journey of sobriety, how meditation has helped him. And, and in this conversation, I then uh, related to um, how Jesus talked about prayer and meditation and, and how, my own experience of it, of, of peace and contentment and how that happened through Jesus. Now, I didn't then proceed and say, OK, so this is how you become saved. Right. That wasn't the conversation. That's what, what 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 it wasn't about. We were talking about this very real thing in his life of, of, of sobriety and this very real thing of, of, in my life of experiencing peace and contentment, something that he could also relate to. And then through that through that conversation, there was also someone else there, a third person there at the studio who was listening in. Right. Who, who, who became interested in this conversation, who wanted to who, who wanted to know more. And so notice, as I said before, we didn't just go straight into a salvation conversation, because if, if we again, if we look at the, the, the definition of salvation from Scripture, it's this ongoing thing. It's, it's this relational thing. I also didn't say, oh, hey, your, your, your practice is wrong. You're actually not supposed to do it that way. I didn't inquire about the spirits, all, all these kind of things. But instead, instead of like trying to correct or fix or anything like that, just say, hey, this is actually my friend. This is something this is someone that I care about. They're talking about their sobriety. And one way that we can that 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 I can begin to talk about my experience of Jesus is is in this very easy way right here. The door was already opened. And so. It's really important that as we begin to think about how we are relating to people, and we think about this relational gospel, we consider first not about how we lay out our profession of faith. We consider first, how do we listen and love others? And so what I want to do really quickly before we close is just begin something we're going to continue throughout this year is to redefine evangelism, which is sharing the character of Jesus, not apologetics. Now, apologetics is the defense of the, of the Christian faith. Um, well, in this case, it's the defense of, 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 of our faith. And we don't need to defend Christianity right now. That's, that's, that is not our job. That is, that is not what we need to do. And what happens when we go on the defensive? the other person goes on the defensive, right? It doesn't actually lead anywhere. And so there is a place for apologetics, right? I'm not saying that that's, that's a bad practice. We do need that in our culture. But when we're talking about evangelism and talking about engaging with others, that's not the place for it. That's the place to share the character of Jesus. That's the place to share hope, that's the place to share hope and not judgment. And that's one of the other things we're going to talk about is, is judgment because we have a very narrow view of that word, and we need to expand that as well. And so as we think about evangelism, we're th I want us to think about sharing the character of Jesus and sharing hope in a very easy and practical way that speaks to people where they are. So let's look at a couple practical tips. What area of your life are you hoping for transformation right now? Seek out Jesus the way Zacchaeus did. One simple way to, to continue relationship with Jesus is to go through the Psalms one by one every day. And we did a series on this last summer, so you can check that out if you kind of want a guide for that. But, but that's just one simple way, but it, you can do anything. But begin to look at uh, how you can seek out Jesus the way Zacchaeus did. Uh, number two, make a list of the normal types of conversations you have with people throughout the day, especially non-Christians. 
As you come up with these topics, look for scriptures that can speak to people's needs, not to judge them, not to criticize them, and not even to correct them, right? That's not the place for this right now, but to encourage, uh, but to encourage them, showing them the love and character of Jesus. Develop a relationship of genuine interest. Okay, right now, we're going to uh, go into communion. And so if you have your elements, you can uh, uh, go and prepare them, and I'm going to read our passage. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this to remember me. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this to remember me as often as you drink it. Let us take the bread together. Let us take the juice together. Father, thank you that you continue to seek after us. And that as we continue to seek after you, you will draw us closer. You will help us become more reflective of you in our lives and toward others. We ask for more of you right now. We ask for your refuge. We ask for your hope. We ask that you will set us on the path that you have made for us. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Happy Sunday. Have a great uh, day today. Happy New Year. We'll see you soon. Sinner